Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blindspot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I am your host, Birgit Camps, and the CEOs I invite on the show are both high performers and humble enough to share their leadership blind spots. So today's guest is Antoine Dutosier. And the good news is you don't have to learn how to pronounce his name to learn the big leadership lessons he learned along the way. That's <laughs> and, very true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Antoine, I'm going to start by bragging on just a few of your achievements because, you know, a lot of leaders start off making mistakes and then learn from them and, and end up being a leader. You kind of started being a leader early in life. And that was the positive and the negative because you didn't you get hit by your blind spots really until a little bit later in life. I mean, you studied really hard early on and was accepted into one of the top four universities in France, which is like the equivalent of Yale or, uh, or MIT. And then, you know, it's amazing when you started your career, all the successes you had and what you were involved in. So I know you've, um, you know, as a as a business development guy and, and marketing guy, you ended up talking to companies like L'Oreal, Aquafresh, and uh, Nivea, and uh, on a deal where you guys decided to test this method of having actually the consumer vote on the best product, as opposed to you know companies trying to market to you why their while their product is the best. You guys said, hey, let's see if consumers will vote on it and if companies are willing to do that. And it's now been adopted by over 30 countries. And you were in the pilot program of that. And you actually, <laughs> you know, were successful enough to reach these big companies that most people your age at the time wouldn't even dare to do. And then later on, you joined Amazon in Paris and were extremely successful. You were in a sales team that, again, did extremely successful things and and have the results and um anyway you've uh i'll talk a little bit later about your successes um at uh, burger king as well i mean you <laughs> you have figured out the franchising model but you basically worked for other companies up until this point when you finally decided to start your own company um but i'm going to turn it over to you and and you kind of tell you know tell our leaders what were some of the challenges you had and the blind spots you realized you know you had so many successes but but what did you struggle with <laughs> yeah well th thank you birgit for having me today uh, i'm so happy to be here uh, as you said i i started really on the highway to success i would say uh in yeah. my studies uh working uh, in marketing for amazon all these big companies but i realized that something was missing in my life and i couldn't really know what it was so um, actually seven years ago, I quit my career at Amazon and I left on an adventure to, to discover more about myself because, yeah, something was missing. You know, I had the success, but I was not uh, really satisfied with myself and with my life. So I took a one-way ticket to Asia and uh, I started with yoga, meditation. It was really a kind of deep change in my life. And I met some very interesting people in Thailand who uh, are, have a resort, an eco-resort, which is based on meditation, yoga, and on uh, learning to understand more about yourself. And I started spending time there working and helping them with very practical things because I was very protected in my childhood, in my youth, uh, working intellectually, uh, working in an office. 
And actually, I had never really worked with my hands. So it was a very interesting way for me to start working with water pumps. Uh, there's like a reverse osmosis system which pumps the water of the ocean and transforms it. And the more I was working with my hands, I, the more I discovered my blind spots, my own personal blind spots. Uh, and I, as I was having blind spots as a leader for myself, actually, I had problems leading myself. And I realized that I was, I was given the opportunity to try to manage this resort, but things were starting to break, break down around me. And it was because I was convinced that everything was okay, <laughs> but I was projecting blind spots because of my, uh, my inadequacies, the fact that I didn't know exactly how to manage these new machines. And I was pretending because it's very much in my educational system. As I was pretending I knew what I was talking about. I was trained as a salesman, but I, actually I didn't. So that was a very big blind spots for me uh, that I discovered. And then I decided to test myself. And I said, hey, um, why don't I start from scratch uh, and with a very low level entry job to see what I can do in a company in the world of business, you know, because this was kind of isolated on Paradise Island. And I said, let's go back to the active world and see what I can do. And I'm going to st study one of the most successful franchises out there in the world, which is Burger King. It could have been McDonald's, but I found a job at Burger King. So I jumped to Berlin, uh, didn't speak German, uh, didn't know anyone. <laughs> and after a few weeks, I managed to get into Burger King, working in the kitchen and starting to make my way up there in the system. And after six months, I was learning German. I really put myself into a challenge so I could work at the cashier. And then six months later, I went back to France and participated in opening a brand new Burger King restaurant in the south of France. And that was the first time I was leading and managing people. So, yeah, I didn't say, but I started at entry level in Germany. And after a year, I was hired as manager in France. So I was leading mm -hmm. a team on the ground uh, of youth, young people, you know, who are making some pocket money and uh, who are not always very motivated to work and to, uh, to make the best quality possible. So I had to find a balance between being strong enough and asking them to do the job and then being human at the same time. And that was a fantastic leadership experience for me because I had learned management in school in my studies, but I had not learned what real leadership means. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually I had a major blind spot and one day I had a conversation with a manager who told me that most, most of the people did not like working with me. And that, that really hit me hard. That was really ouch. a slap in my face. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> uh, and, and that was a wake-up call for me. So I, I had a major blind spot and I learned a lot in that leadership experience as well. So Antoine, at this point, you've shared some amazing um, blind spots that you had. And one of them was leading yourself. Um, yes. And then now it was, you know, leading people who um, I think in, in other conversations we've had, I mean, some of them were motivated, but some of them just needed some pocket change. And so yes. now you had to learn a whole different kind of leadership. And um, wow. So the first blind spot that you discovered about, you know, yourself, uh, I know you said the first time you were doing practical things with your hands and stuff, but how mm -hmm. was it your mentor at the time? Was it just an aha moment? How did you discover that part about yourself? Yeah, it was uh, really things uh, building up. So I was offered the opportunity. Uh, uh, so I went through what is called a self-mastery program, which is a learning to find, it's, it's kind of a meditation, of an active meditation. It's learning to find your balance with your environment. So first with yourself, 
uh, I did a lot of introspection and that's where my life and my career started moving towards coaching. I started really being inspired mm. towards helping others. But it's also really being uh, med active in your meditation. So being able to manage a place and work in the garden, being able to manage uh, really practical things. So as I said, the water pumps, I was managing mm -hmm. a hydroponic system. So we were growing salads. I had to measure the pH level and all sorts of things. Very interesting. And as things started breaking down around me, because I was overseeing them too quickly, I was projecting an idea that I knew what I was doing. Because that's, what, that's how I have been trained in my studies very much, is that some things you know and some things you pretend that you know. That's kind of the mm. French school system, I would say, uh, particularly in the world of sales and marketing, is that you never uh, acknowledge that you don't know something. You pretend that you but know. By the and way, I was, that was, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, by the way, I'm not sure it's only in France. <laughs> so thanks for being <laughs> maybe. willing to share this. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. So I was actually, sorry, I, I, was, yeah, I was really projecting that, that thought, that belief, it was really a limiting belief that I had in myself. And um, that, that's what was holding me back. That's how I was creating my inner limitation, my inner uh, wall. And that's what was preventing me from moving forward and from becoming a, a better version of myself. But I didn't know it. It took really a lot of time and a lot of honesty. <laughs> I had to learn a lot about honesty. Uh, first honest with myself and accept really where I am, my, my limitations, which then allows me to grow from that point. Wow. Well, I don't know a whole lot of people who can discover their blind spot by themselves. So <laughs> meditation must be the key. <laughs> yes. And, and also with the help of my mentor, as I said, I went through this program and he, uh, he acted a lot like a mirror showing me how I was missing mm. a lot of points in, in reality. So I did it myself, yes, because you have to acknowledge things, but I, I did it also with the help of my coach. Uh, and that really, really was very helpful for me. And what was the turning point then when you decided to leave Thailand and, and go learn how to coach others and, and, and learn <laughs> in a deeper way, so to speak? Well, uh, it, at some point, I, I just reached a moment where um, I found my inner balance. So in the first uh, month, I, I spent several years there uh, working on various projects. And in the first month, I had a lot of personal things to clear that I actually share also on my YouTube channel. Uh, personal things about my family, my childhood, a lot of emotional baggage I had to clear. But once I cleared that, I found really my emotional, my physical balance. I felt strong being in nature. It's such a beautiful space. Uh, out in, on the beach and the jungle is there. So really, I started to find my balance and then refining my, my mental blind spots, as I just shared before. And the, I reached mm -hmm. a moment when I said, okay, now I feel strong enough. I feel like a new person. And I really want to go out there and see uh, how I can be useful in the world. Because uh, mm -hmm. I talked a lot about meditation and the way we see it in the West and the way it's been seen for a long time it's kind of people who drop out of society, right? They go into monasteries mm -hmm. and they meditate yes. and they live in nature. But how can you have a positive impact on the world? Um, mm -hmm. I've always wanted to have a positive impact. It's been very deeply since my childhood. Uh, it came from my father who always said, you have to do something, something big in the world. So there was a kind of an ego in me, but also something really, I want to contribute. I want to do something useful. So when I reached that moment, that, that turning point, when I felt, okay, now I feel like I'm in balance. I can go out there and do something. I said, okay, I'm going to jump back and test myself and see how I can, uh, how I can contribute. 
Yes, and I noticed you did not go back to um, Amazon or any of your previous employers. <laughs> so you just decided to learn franchising yes. because you thought maybe one day you would own a franchise or what was that decision? So what's really interesting with, with franchising and I would say with the, the American model, um, um, all these big franchises that, that come from the U.S. I see, I mean, for me, the U.S. You are, are the leading force in terms of business uh for 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 decades now and what's so interesting with franchises is that you can learn one system and then you can replicate it through the whole world it's really efficient and it's it's really the franchises uh i mean it can be in the, in the fast food industry like mcdonald's or burger king they are the leaders and the way they do things the, the reason why they are the leaders is because they have such an efficient system and what's very interesting mm -hmm. is that you can use that system and have very very low qualified people like students, right? Youngsters who go there and within a few days, they can learn how to work there and have that machine working. So what was very interesting for me is I wanted to study these, the best uh, in business, right? The best practice and see these various systems. But then on a, on a, I would say on a spiritual level, on a, on a ethical level, I don't agree with these franchises when I see how they treat the environment uh, how destructive they are. So I said, I'm going to learn from them the best practice so I can take that with me. And then one day I can create my own franchise, which is more connected to protection of the environment, uh, which is more respectful of the, the employees, of the workers, uh, of the supply chain, uh, the suppliers, of the customers as well. So I'm trying, I, I see how I can create a bridge between the world mm -hmm. of business, the world of efficiency, the world of currency that we need to make an impact in the world, and also like readapt that, interpret that uh, according to my own values and to values of many people today who are looking at the environment and saying, hey, we need to find more uh, energy efficient businesses, more respectful of life, you know, of, of, of the planet. So that, that was the reason why I, I decided to take on that, uh, that adventure. Sounds to me like uh, you contributed a lot to them as well as yourself. And now you're, I know you're on the next uh, level in terms of what you want to contribute. You've been coaching people now for a while. And then, um, you know, I know how passionate you are mm -hmm. about contributing because I met you at this um you know, at the KBB event where you, you know, you and I were both trying to figure yes. out how do we serve more people in the world in it, with best practices yes. and in, in an effective way. And so one of the things that, that mm -hmm. uh, I'm so excited to, you know, have you share with us is you have various coaching platforms and opportunities, but uh, that you that you provide for people. But the one that um, I, you know, that piqued my interest that I think uh, is another way to really contribute to our listeners mm -hmm. is that a lot of CEOs these days are so stressed out, so busy um, that they hardly sleep. Um, and you actually have designed and yes. have figured out a way to help um, CEOs sleep better and, and not by taking, you know, six months or, or, or I don't know how many years you were in Thailand to figure it out, right? You've compressed a decade of, <laughs> no, of learning how to exactly, do that no. and are, you know, are providing it now. So, um, you know, you've gone through a yeah. lot of changes in life and you're here now, like you said, you want to contribute and, and your whole company that you run now is all set up to help people. So tell us a little bit about this, you know, sleep yes. better now program that inspired you to um 
you know, mm-hmm. release that to the world now. Yes. Yes. So, so um, I spent uh, on and off, I spent almost seven years in Thailand that completely transformed my life uh, for the better. And uh, I've learned so many tools that um, I, I really want to contribute. And I've, I've really looked into this. And, and as you said, we went at this event together in December in Phoenix. Uh, and I figured out that one of the biggest issues today for leaders, for entrepreneurs, uh, for active people who want to contribute is that they have a very, very uh, difficult time when it comes to switching off their mind and to sleeping. Uh, there are, we have such active lives. And if you are in a position of leadership and you want to contribute, you want to make an impact, it's very difficult to just relax and, and have a good sleep. And at the same time, it is so important to have uh, the best possible sleep because otherwise you cannot perform to your peak perform to, to your highest performance uh, during the day. So I've, I've, uh, I've condensated, uh, learnings that I've had for the last seven years on the, pl- on the level of, of the body, of the emotions and of the mind, uh, in order to really create a very, um, uh, a very concrete program with specific tools that leaders can put into practice for just 20, 30 minutes a day in their daily life. Uh, to help them get the best possible sleep. And what I do is I have like a recipe uh, with online videos, with a program, and then I have online coach. Mm. I mean, I have one-on-one coaching uh, with uh, specific sessions with me to adapt the tools to each specific individual because there are recipes that help you sleep better, but then everybody's a bit different. Everybody has a different story and everybody needs uh, a specific help and coaching to um, to get the best sleep possible. So that's why uh, this is my my main program right now. I really want to help uh, leaders. I want to help entrepreneurs uh, have the best possible impact, whatever they do, however they want to contribute. And in order to do that, they need to have their energy levels at the best. They need to be masters of their emotions. Uh, they need to have a physical health, and they need to be the masters of their mind and not have a mind running wildly, you know, and you just can't turn yes, it off. I was and ask. I've been there myself. <laughs> I was there seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at Amazon, uh, I had colleagues doing burnouts around me. And that's also one of the reasons I left Amazon. Um, I, I worked there for a year and a half, but I saw how this machine, it was, it was a very efficient machine, but how it was just uh, mm-hmm. pushing people to, to the limit. And uh, at that, uh, in, the, in those days, I didn't know the tools that I know now. But uh, what I want to no- do now is help people and bring these tools. Uh, and um, yeah, because I've been there myself, I know how important it is to, to have a good sleep. Well, I think you'll have more than a, a full-time job uh, helping people at Amazon <laughs> and other places as well. Yes, I think, yes. Uh, I think it's everyone's at some level struggling with that. And what I like about I've checked out your program. What mm-hmm. I what I like about it is it's both practical and custom. And that's, yes. you know, this day and age, you can find best practices and, and it's like you say, like a machine, uh, mm-hmm. or you can find really, you know, customized programs that may not be as simple or as practical to put into place. So yes. I think it's beautiful how you have figured out, uh, I can tell your expertise and your background and putting a process to it that's simple to apply, simple to benefit from and quickly. And at the same time, like you said, you make yourself available for, you know, the personal coaching type yes, um, absolutely. situation. 
So, you know, you've dealt with, you've worked in all types of companies. You've, you've been, you know, uh, in, in an extreme place, like, you know, as far as far away from corporate world as you can in Thailand, but then you've also been in the bellies of them and you've talked to a lot of them. So what, what is, you know, what are some of the things that have surprised you about people? Um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, when, when I think about, uh, the, the, the different experiences I, I, I've had, um, what's, uh, what's really surprised me is like, if you look at what I, what happened for me at Burger King, it was very, it was very difficult for me to find a balance between, uh, at the same time, really pushing people to do things and staying human. And I, I figured out that, uh, sometimes if you're too directorial, if you push people too much, uh, it's actually counterproductive. So it's better to give people more space because uh, they will understand that you trust them more and that you enjoy uh, working with them and that will help them enjoy working with you. <laughs> so mm. uh, if, you, if, you try, if you always try to, be, um, to, to, to oversee too much, it's actually counterproductive. So um, that's, that's, I would say it's on the level of trust. And that's something yeah. I learned on the field. I didn't learn that in my studies. I really learned that on the field, uh, yes. and that really has to do with leadership. That's really the, the difference between you can learn management in school, but leadership—that's something you learn on the field, and you learn it by making mistakes. So uh, <laughs> well, I made my mistakes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and I learned a lot from them. And uh, that's that's really how you learn leadership. You really have to go out there and make those mistakes and learn from. <laughs> hopefully, some people are going to listen to what I have to share and and not make the same mistakes. But some things you really have to, to go and see it for yourself. Otherwise, you, you cannot understand it on a theoretical level, I would say. Yes. So if, if uh, you know, you, the listener, if you're going right now through a leadership uh, challenge, um, hopefully you can learn from listening to us and at the same time uh, sleep through it <laughs> because I know <laughs> yes. I know when you're learning to be you know I don't know very many people who say I was born a leader like you said they, they may mm-hmm. they may have had skill sets to be a manager but leadership is a painful journey for most people which by default yes. means you know <laughs> most people will will at some point struggle with sleep um, yeah yes but uh, but anyway so um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely surprising how, you know, on the one hand, we all want to contribute. On the other hand, sometimes we don't know how to lead ourselves. Um, yes. So so if you had some advice for, for leaders, I mean, you know, one of them you just kind of mentioned, but, but any other pieces of advice for, uh, for our listeners? Yeah, I would say, uh, and that comes a lot from what I learned from meditation, which is very much like looking at yourself. Um, and I would say that before, uh, before you want to give advice or instructions to anyone, remember to take a deep look at yourself. Remember to be honest with yourself and to see mm. where you're at and to see that uh, like you're going to give instructions to people and are you doing it for yourself first, right? So I would say as a leader, uh, never ask of someone to perform a task that you would not be ready to perform yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. because otherwise you lose your credibility in your authority. And that's really the, the difference. A, a manager can, can come up and say, Hey, do this, do this, do that. Okay. He's a manager. But w- w- the, the leadership aspect of it is that if you're not ready to do it yourself, if you're not ready to, to work by the side of your team, to show them, to lead by example, to do it yourself, to get into, into the job, into the work, 
they're not going to respect you. They're not going to uh, uh, accept your you. authority. They're not <laughs> going to follow you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, that's really something I learned the hard way, but um, it's a very important lesson for me. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. so, you know, on that note, um, you know, what are some of the habits or routines that you have uh, that, that you attribute to your success in terms of leading yourself? Uh, so the, the habits I have, uh, meditation has completely entered my life on all levels, as I said. So really active meditations, I use it in everything I do. And I have a, a morning routine uh, where I have five steps that really help me start the day on the best foot. So first I stay in bed and I focus on my breath and my sensations. I feel some gratitude and I visualize one win for the day, just one, like one mm -hmm. thing I want to accomplish today. That would be a good win. Then I do some sports to really get into the body. Just start first with your body, get your body active. Uh, uh, really, really start, start the, the day in the body. Then I take a shower to be present, wash away all the emotions, all the thoughts. Then I have a protein-rich breakfast. Really, the brain needs proteins. That's something I figured out. In France, we used to have like a, a croissant. <laughs> yes. Uh, like a very, very sweet break. And that's not super healthy. So I've gone for the American breakfast now. I have eggs. That's really, really helping. And uh, then, and only then, the last step, then I turn on my screens, the phone, the computer, everything. I open all the windows and then I'm ready to address the world. But that's that's really the, the the habit that helps me to start on the good foot because otherwise if you turn the screens on at first there's so much stress so much noise coming on uh, and you may already be stressed when you wake up if you haven't had a good night before so uh that's that's really the the morning routine i have i have one for the evening also which is basically the the steps on the uh yeah the other way around yeah. so um that's that's really bringing meditation into my life and having these routines help me optimize uh, how I start the day and how I end the day. And that's really, really uh, something. There's something I share also in my programs because the habits we have uh, are the ones that, that make our life quality, our mm. everyday life quality. Yeah. So, so I love how you kind of slipped in the, the screen, uh, the screen time when to turn it on and off. And I suspect yeah. it's a direct impact also in the quality of sleep. So you have to meditate, but you also have yes. to, do the practical step of consciously being the leader of your devices rather than vice versa, right? So, yes, so what, yes. what, can you, what can you tell us about, um, I know you turn off uh, your screen, but when do you recommend people turn it off? And, and, that's, and by the way, that's impressive that you can be so disciplined, right? But, but you have <laughs> probably noticed the positive impact of not turning it on until after you have taken care of your well-being. Yes. Yeah. So it, absolutely. For me, it really changes everything. So in the evening, I turn off all screens at least one hour before going to bed. And then, uh, well, if I still want to be occupied, I read a book, I listen to some uh, relaxing music, uh, but really I turn them off one hour before. And then I write what I call a dream therapy, which is an intention for my mind while I'm asleep. Uh, and that's something also I share in my program that really helps me disconnect and turn off, switch off my mind before going to bed. And then in bed, I focus on breath and sensations. I feel some gratitude. I remember one win of the day. So I finish on a positive note. I really <laughs> tap myself on the shoulder and then I can, I can fall asleep. It's much, much easier to fall asleep. So, um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm so grateful that uh, you know you're on you're on the show and you're willing to share those steps for free because I can really see the importance of learning to lead your mind before you can you know really lead anybody else. And again, I I know how big you are into meditation and um, and I love it that you combine it with practical steps. So, um, and thank you for sharing these steps for free. And I know you've got a YouTube channel. If, uh, if our listeners want to know more about you or your programs, um, I will put a link in, um, our podcast, but is there, um, is there anything else you want them to know? Um, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. So I, I have my, my, my YouTube channel where, where they can find me. And uh, also, the I think you would put the link to my, my program also where they can yes. uh, they can find my, my Steve Better Now program. But it's uh, that, that that's all that's really all I had to share. But it's such a pleasure for me to uh, to to be with you here today and to be able to share these steps because it's so important. It seems very uh, very common, <laughs> it is, but it's very very important. It's really the, the basics of your health, so uh, and of your sleep. So it's been really a great pleasure for me to be to be with you here today, and uh, and to start to share uh, what I have to share. So thank you so much, Bridget. <laughs> yes, and and again, thank you. And um, for those of you who want to know, you know, some of the other most common blind spots, um, you can uh, fill in some information at ceoblindspots.com. But like I mentioned, I will put the link to Antoine's information in, uh, and. Um, well, normally I leave by saying, you know, I'm grateful for everybody who's been listening and talking and I say it in English, I say goodbye, but would you like to tell our listeners goodbye in French? Of course. Uh, <laughs> merci beaucoup, au revoir et à bientôt. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.